Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Believe and Listen Talk Radio from New York with Carla Blaha, Evidential Medium. Weekly conversations on all things spiritual and metaphysical, discussions, callers, and readings. Cultivate your personal connection to spirit and the universe. Learn that the impossible is actually possible. Hello and welcome to Believe and Listen with your host, Carla Blaha, Evidential Medium. Thank you for joining me in my second in the series, From Disbelief to Belief. Now, a fairly obvious topic, you think, for a medium, but what I realized is that every day of my life, I have the opportunity to watch people go from disbelief to belief. So to tell you a little bit about myself briefly, if you've not heard my other podcast, I am a medium, full-time teacher and author out of the New York metropolitan area. It is not a hobby. It's not a side job. It's what I do. It's who I am. And I love my job. Very grateful to have this job. It gives me the opportunity to see healing every single day. So from disbelief to belief was sparked just a few months ago, which for those listening would have been the beginning of January of 19, 2019. And this was because I had an unusually large amount of male clients coming to me. And they were all, I'll admit, most of them, I won't say they're all, but three-quarters of them were brought by um, their spouses to me. But all of them, all of them, I can tell you one was not as receptive, but certainly respectful and not non-receptive. The others were so largely receptive and life, their lives were changed and they shared with me that it sparked me not only to discuss some of the differences between men and women in their readings, which I discussed in the first episode, but to talk about that bridge that crosses us from disbelief to belief, that believing in something that you cannot hear, feel, see, or touch, although I would argue you can feel it, to something you have a knowing of that is beyond a shadow of a doubt. And that's what spirituality is, faith and belief is, that knowing that you just know. It's, just, it's not just speaking to those that have crossed over, but think about the fact that you just know that phone's going to ring, and it does. There was nothing that you could touch or hear that told you that except your own inner self. There was something within you. But for every human being, there is a different trigger for that. That leap of faith happens from something small or for some people, something huge. And for some people, many things have to happen for them to believe. What was the deal breaker for me for doing these podcasts was a sitter that I had, I'll call Mark. And I talked about him in the first podcast. Mark came with his wife. I'll tell you briefly because it's in the other podcast and it's 
all over my social media. He came to me with his wife. I did not know who she was bringing. The reading became largely about him. I brought through his father with great detail. This was a man who I was looking at who gave very little face expression and reacted very little. I don't like a lot of reaction. It throws me. But he really did not react. But there was no tone of disbelief in them. He was just there and present and listening. So within that, at the very end of the reading, he had already, as I later learned, been convinced that what I was doing was something that he never believed possible. I was shown by his father a handshake, but it was a vertical handshake, not a horizontal handshake. I said, what does this handshake mean to you and he? There's something very significant around his death. He had also already indicated to me the tattoo before he died and after. I really don't take a tattoo as a large amount of evidence, I have to tell you, because it's, it's common sense that many people um, in tribute get tattoos. So for me, as a new reader, maybe that's a big thing, especially if it's accurate. I would take it. But for someone like me, spirit knows they've got to bump it up a bit. He gave me this handshake. His eyes welled up. He looked at his wife in complete disbelief. Didn't say anything, but just said he understood it. And I said, your father's really pushing it. I need to bring this up like three times because he's really saying, I knew about this. I understand what this is. And this is very, very important. And please remember that. When I was walking them out, another client was coming in. And I, she was fascinating to me because she actually said in front of me to them, oh, did she just read you? Did you like it? And it was so off-putting for them because they were in quite the state mentally. And, and their timing would have, just another two or three minutes, they would have missed each other. And he said, I came in a non-believer and I'm leaving a believer. And that really struck me as, wow, he jokingly said he needed to go home and have a glass of wine. And he left. He followed up with an email with a picture of a tattoo on his chest of his father and he with that handshake. Actually, first he sent me the picture with rosary beads that he held his father's hand in that manner, took the picture, and then later had the tattoo done on his chest. And he told me, You've done more for me than any therapist, medication, or anyone could do. You, t- you showed me that everything I thought I knew wasn't true. It's very lovely and very gracious. And this is what sparked this. He went from a l- disbelief to belief. Now, granted, when I'm reading someone, I really don't want to know how much disbelief you have. That might throw me. But again, everybody's threshold is different, and that's what I kind of want to talk about. Um, I've interviewed several people. I've checked with several of my clients if I could share certain stories. I do change their names, so you're pretty sure that, you know, Mark's name isn't Mark. (laughs) Um, But I do change. Even if they tell me I can use their names, I don't generally. I've interviewed several people, and they've said that I could, after reading them, that I could share these stories. Before I do that, I want to talk about where you fit in. The fact you're listening to this, let's hope you're somewhat of a believer, but if you're not, that's okay. My, these, this podcast, or me in any way, shape, or form in public venues or forums, I'm not trying to convince anybody of anything. I do my job. By nature, people turn from disbelief to belief, or from believers to more believers. But if you don't believe, it's not my job to change your mind, nor I don't even want to. So know that that's okay with me. 
but I don't debate. I don't argue. I don't push. I do what I do, and that's it. I do ask that when I'm in a public venue, you just don't get in my way and block me from being able to help and heal people by being disparaging or discouraging. That's hard because I need to help and heal, and that gets in my way. But you're not believing doesn't affect me in the least. So let's talk about this. We have believers. Those are the people that simply just know this is real. And I'm not talking about mediumship. I'm talking about the afterlife. Now, why do they know? They came in with a born knowing. Or religious doctrine has taught them it's true. Their parents taught them it's true. Or they've had one huge profound experience. Or they've had a lot of little ones, but they're believers and that's that. These are not naive people. These people are usually very bright and very well thought out. Not all of them, but, you know, some take things on blind faith, which sometimes is okay. That would be, again, faith. That's okay. Then you have the non-believers who, who come hell or high water will not believe. Those are the people I don't generally see. And, again, if I even sense one of them, I'm in a group I actually asked two gentlemen about a year ago to leave a group before I even started because I could just see it on their faces. I said, if you've been dragged here by your spouses, which they were, and you don't want to be here, I'm going to give you the opportunity to leave and not charge you. And uh, they left, gratefully. Um, They were off the hook. They just didn't believe, and there was nothing you were going to tell them that could, and they were trying to get in my way. So we've got that non-believer. And some of that's based in religion, hearing certain religious doctrines tell you that that's, it's not real. I don't know. You know, It's not so much that life after death isn't real. It's that the mediumship or the connecting or the signs you're getting are not real. You, once they're dead, they're gone into another plane or reincarnated into something else, and you, just, you can't speak to them. So you don't believe. And then there's two other groups. So you've got believers, non-believers, and you've got the gray or the fray. The people that go out into the fringe or in that gray area that they believe... But they don't. They believe mostly. Maybe a little bit they don't. Uh, they'll wait and they'll see. That's actually a really great type of person because they tend to be very objective and well thought out as well. And then you've got the flip-flop, which I feel sorry for the flip-flop crowd because the, these people um, need a lot of understanding, a lot of patience, and a lot of help and support because they really want to believe, but they probably have so much psychological baggage or stuff that's gone on, because, you know, we can have that in life, so much stuff, that they want to believe, but when you actually connect to their person, it brings up so much emotion and so much baggage that they flip the switch off and don't believe because it unearths things for them which is really why you need to get a reading when you're in a very good mental state. I mean, you can feel low in mourning, but you cannot be devastated. It's not a good place to be. So the flip-floppers aren't so great. We've got the believers, the non-believers, the fringy gray, fray area, and the flip-flop. And again, those are the people that really need our support. But what's the deal breaker for each and every one of these type of people? Well, the non-believer that's never going to believe, I don't know. However, we've got Mark, for one. Years ago, I was speaking to a man who actually mocked me to my face, um, like in front of me, that I was a medium. And I ignored him, having really blatantly no concern of his thoughts, and turned away. And then he, this happens a lot, I have to tell you. 
he persisted and, and really was insistent on telling me a story of him. It was either in Scotland or England about this entire story that he had had where it, in a haunted castle and they had pulled his blankets off of his body and all this stuff. And he went on to this elaborate story. And I really held back from saying, so you want me to believe that, but yet you won't believe what I do. So he really, as much as he scoffed it and wasn't a believer, he was completely convinced because he had experienced this, this blanket pulling off thing that happened in the UK. So if I could take a moment to share some of the stories that people have told me were deal breakers for them. Asked a few people to write in, send me little notes on what was their deal breaker. Um, they could have shared any experiences with me. Uh, the, the people that shared them with me were happened to be stories they had with me, which I actually don't remember when I read. So some of them, they'll say, remember when you did this? And I, I generally don't, so I apologize. Some of them I, I do remember. And the degrees in the disbelief to belief are shocking. I mean, honestly, you could say to somebody and walk by them and say, who's George? And they say, oh, my God, that's my father. And they suddenly believe. I'm going to tell you right now, that's not mediumship. That's really good psychic ability and telepathy. It could be mediumship, but you're going to need to get a lot more than that to really believe. Now, there, that can make you believe in psychic phenomena, telepathy, but that's not mediumship. For me, mediumship needs three things. One, evidence I couldn't know, names, dates, serial numbers, and stuff I couldn't ever just come up with. Two, what the person's personality was like and what their energy felt like. And three, continuity of life, what's going on in your life that they tell me that just happened. Those three things. But the name sometimes just sells people right away. You walk right by them. George, oh my gosh, that's it. Don't, and I'm here to tell you as a medium, raise your bar. That's impressive. You know you've got someone that's got a higher keen sense of something. But stretch for more. I read a woman. I do remember this. Because what was interesting is my bar was not awed by this statement. And this was her deal breaker. The reading was good. There were many things that reached my bar that I felt I did my triangle of mediumship as I just described those three things. But what sold her that I was actually connecting to her son was that she had asked her son, she didn't tell me this, before the reading, if this is real, which I, I find a lot of people do that, I think what she meant more was she believed in mediumship. If you're really listening and you're okay, can you reference the fact I bought a new dog? Anything about a dog, bring up, she told him. I didn't know that. It was the end of the reading, and she persisted to say, well, I didn't tell you this, but. The first thing I said after breathing with her was, why do I see a hot dog dog? Now, for Carla, a hot dog dog is always a hot dog lover or hater, a food truck, or a dachshund. That's what it is. I'm open to have my symbols morph and change, but that's what I got, a hot dog dog. And I'm telling you, I can't tell you how many food truck owners I've gotten from just seeing a dachshund in my head. <laughs> and when I said to her, what's that about? That's the first thing out of the gate I said. She said, I don't know. I said, okay. And I was persistent. I said, I have to tell you, first thing out of the gate is about 90% accurate. Are you sure? She said, I don't understand that. She's not allowed to tell me no. So she said, I don't, I, I'm not sure. 
fine, moved on, got her son, got her father, I believe. I was very satisfied. And I have a high bar, so I'm not always satisfied. At the end of the reading is when she told me, I have to tell you, I asked my son, if this is really you and this is real, say anything about a dog. The woman is now completely connected to her son, feeling well and healed from the reading. She tells me she's very satisfied. I had to refrain from me, me, myself, getting in her way from saying, well, a hot dog dog, I didn't get various dogs. I would have seen lots of different dogs. A hot dog dog is always a hot dog truck or a hot a food vendor or this or that. And I'm, I'm thinking, wait a minute, Carla. She just told you you did what she wanted. She's satisfied. So I was actually getting in the way. I kept my mouth shut. And that was her belief to disbelief. Meanwhile, I had said other things that were far more of my bar standard, names, dates, injuries, details that happened before and after his death, but that's that would have been nothing for someone else. It needs to hit you personally. I was speaking to another woman about um, a reading that I had done for her. This one I remember. And I, her son had also uh, passed, unfortunately. And I kept seeing the record album Boston, Boston's record album that I had when I was young, and I, I still have, a vinyl. And I, you know, logically looked at her and knew her son wasn't old enough to be a Boston fan by nature because he would be too young to have been around for the era of the rock man Boston. So I said to her, I have to tell you, I see a record album. And before you say anything, I know record albums came back recently, but I know they're not in your son's era. But I see a Boston record album. Never have I seen an album that didn't stand for the band. So could it be the city of Boston? Maybe, but I don't think it is. And actually, she had already mentioned that she was born in New England. I said, I can't take it as that because that you already told me. And it's not it. It's the Boston record album. Why is your son showing me this? Well, after the son had passed, her husband, his stepfather, went to the house and went out. I believe it was a screened-in porch. And out of nowhere, there was a random vinyl from the old days, Boston. That's incredible. I mean, that is just so incredible. So only her husband experienced that Boston album. He came home, he told her about it. But now she could go home and tell him, who I believe is a little bit a waverer on belief, she came up with the Boston album. That's detailed. That spoke to her so profoundly and for her to share with him. Another woman I spoke to asked me to share the camel cigarette story. Her mother had come through telling me, I smoked camel cigarettes. All right, I'm not taking that as a big one either because back in the day, everybody smoked and no cigarettes were unfiltered, um, were filtered. So everybody had an unfiltered cigarette. But in this particular case, the mother came through saying, I know she found the camel cigarettes. Now, this was fairly recently. Camels, I don't even know if they're still out there. I guess they are. I mean, I don't know when her mother died. But was it, you know, within the past five years, this isn't the 60s or 70s when people are legitimately smoking camels constantly. And she just broke down and cried and said, oh, my God. When my mother died, the big surprise was I found camel cigarettes in her drawer 
Apparently, she smoked them occasionally, and no one knew for decades. So she still had the camel cigarettes. That was her deal breaker, a pack of cigarettes. In fact, just the other day, I was reading a woman bringing through, I think, an uncle. It could have been a grandfather, but I think it was an uncle. And he said the month of March was significant. And she said, yes, he passed in March. I said, okay, these are small validations to me to hold me to spirit. And then I said, well, I don't mean to, because this is March, I don't mean to go on a, a kick here, but he's talking about St. Patrick's Day. So spirit already knows that I don't let Irish people tell me St. Patrick's Day because that's like an Italian with rosary beads. I'm not doing it. It's not. So unless it's significant. And I can have other things to back it up. So she said, I said, well, wait, I said, wait, there's a parade. I don't want to be trendy again with the St. Patrick's Day parade unless he marched in it. But he wants me to tell you something about a parade. And at least I didn't die on St. Patrick's Day. And she said he actually did. He died on, I believe, the 22nd. And she said, but. And she was now a little bit more difficult to talk. She said he died marching in a St. Patrick's Day parade, dropped dead of a heart attack in the parade on the 22nd. And his big thing was, I did not die on St. Patrick's Day. I did not do that. I I made sure I made it through the holiday. That was her deal breaker. Then there's things that are deal breakers for people that only the spirit person knew and my sitter, the beer, the big secret. If I touch upon that, they understand that. These are people who are that the fringe, do the believers go with this? The gray area fringe fray people go with this? The flip floppers are the problem. But non-believers, I really don't concern myself with, except for the ones that are open enough to turn. But they don't, they don't represent like a non-believer when they're in front of me. So then that does not become a problem. It's the flip-floppers that are a problem. Because a flip-flopper will take each and every one of those things and then have their left brain turn it around to it not being true. The story I'll share, a few stories about that from big to small. I was doing a group years ago. I didn't know anybody in the group, but they were a referral from someone I went to high school with was at someone's home, and there was a woman there with her two or three daughters. They were not sitting together, and I will say the mother had an edge to her personality. And in a group setting, if someone has too much of an edge, I just don't read them anymore. I don't try. I used to. I used to beat a dead horse to help them and heal them, and now I really just walk away. And I will be bold enough to say I can't read you until you drop your energy. Uh, you know, Maybe that's not the greatest approach, but that's what I do kindly because I actually want to read them so if I say that maybe they will and and they mostly do I brought through this woman's dead sister she was crying and her daughters were in awe and I realized their daughters were spread out throughout the group and they were like mom yes that's your sister yes and they're giving her tissues and they're passing the tissues over and I saw this as a very good reading yes she had an edge about her she dropped her guard a little and the daughters were blown away after the group, I lingered for a few minutes. The daughters thanked me and said, you know, she's very, she's got a wall up about this. She doesn't want to believe, but she does believe, but she doesn't, you know, the flip-flopper. And then they said, but now we were here to witness her. I think you really reached her. And I left. So I felt very good about that. 
a friend of mine, the friend of mine who referred them to me a few days later said, I heard you had a problem there. I said, I did not have a problem there. She said, oh, but the woman whose sisters you brought through, I, I only remember it because the daughters were all there. She said, apparently, when you walked out the door, she proceeded to badmouth you and say nothing you said was accurate and that you were too general. And apparently, one or two of the daughters said, general? She said, he, your sister, you know, had vein surgery, which I'm going to go to another vein surgery. Then she had a problem with her thoracic spine and your father's name was, you know, Alfred or whatever the case may be. The woman discounted it all after I left. And I bring that up because you cannot dispute that. She did because she had so much baggage with her sister that she wasn't ready to accept it. And it unearthed everything. Rocky relationships, unsettled business. That's the kind of stuff. Those are the people that aren't really ready for a reading. So no matter what you do for them, it is a failure. I had an interesting reading in real time. It was a public event. And I was reading two girls, women, and I said to them, who is blah, 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 blah. I gave a number of facts. She said to me, that sounds just like our aunt, but she's living. And I stopped and I said, okay. Maybe someone on the other side wanting to acknowledge her. Let me move on. If I can get who that person is, come back. But let me leave it because I'm here to talk to the dead. I noticed she was on her phone, but I didn't get a feeling it was rude or disrespectful. She raised her hand within 10 minutes, 15 minutes, with her face stunned that her aunt had died that hour. And she was in the group not getting her phone. So I was bringing through these messages And her aunt had already died and she didn't know it. That was in real time in front of an entire crowd. That was amazing to me because really there is, you cannot have a disbelief. That's a major deal breaker that takes you from disbelief to belief to at least something. There's some form of belief with that. I have someone else. I'll try to get this out before this podcast ends. This one I'm going to put in the next, the book I'm working on now. And uh, I speak about this a lot because this was very disturbing to me. Um, But it was very telling and teaching. Uh, I got a phone call from a woman who was referred to me by uh, someone I know through people. I don't know the person personally. I met him twice. I discouraged her from a reading. I did not feel she was in the mental state for reading. Her grief was too close and it made me uncomfortable. That was that. I told her to get back to me when she felt better. I was reading at a public venue. She showed up. I didn't know it was her until all I get is a first name and a time that they're coming in. And she said, oh, I'm so-and-so. I said, oh, how are you? Then I thought, wow, I told her not to come in for a while. And when she did, to only book a short reading to see if it would work for her. She had booked a full hour. I said, I remember speaking to you because your husband died and I gave her the date. And the reason I remember the date is very simple. I have two nieces with that date and she told it to me on the phone when I told her, please don't tell me anything else. I read her very detailed, something with her husband and a blood clot and driving and five to seven days he had died. It was very detailed. Prior to sitting down, she asked me if I Googled her. I said, how could I Google you? I didn't know you were coming in. You called me on my private number and showed up at a public venue. She said, well, they knew I was coming in. I said, but we don't know who you are. We have a first name. Oh, they took my last name. No, we don't take last names ever. Gave the reading, very detailed. 
at the end of the reading, she says, I have one more thing to say to you. Does he love me? Because I didn't say that he had loved her. I had given this amazing detailed reading because I hadn't actually said, he says he loves you. She got very defensive and upset. And I, so I talked to her and said to her, he brought you here. He came through. It's clear he loves you. Just because I didn't stop and say it, he needed to give me validations so we know it's him more than something general. And she said, well, I want to ask one more thing about you Googling me. This was an hour after the reading of great detail. I said, how could I have possibly Googled you? I don't know you. I didn't know you were coming in. This is a public venue. There was no payment taken in advance. We don't know you. And I said to her, I'm only entertaining this with you for two minutes because you're a referral. And then I proceeded to tell her a few things. And then I said, I suggest you don't get read again until you're ready because you're not being healed from it. She had so much baggage around the husband not saying the one thing she wanted. She discounted every. She discounted every single thing I said. It was so sad. I shook her hand and I sent her on her way, very maturely telling her not to come back again <laughs> nicely. And she was not happy with me. I gave validation upon validation. And then I forgot to mention what she did say is well, you knew when he died. So you must have looked up his obituary, which stunned me because I didn't know she was coming in. It was a public place I was reading. They walk in. And I said, but what you don't realize is I have two nieces that I could probably pull up on Facebook and show you their birthdays. It's the same day, and that's why I remembered. So if you're not going to believe, there's nothing we can do to make you believe. But if you believe, it's more healing. And know that just because you don't see it doesn't mean it isn't real. Moving forward, there will be more stories and more interviews and more ways to go from disbelief to belief or at least hear how people make. So, again, I'm Carla Blaha. You can find me at CarlaBlaha.com or on Facebook, Carla Blaha Evidential Medium. Or um, I have an ebook on Amazon Kindle, Get Your Vibe Back. And thank you again for listening and being part of this metaphysical community. And why Take some time to see what makes you go from disbelief to belief. Thank you for listening to Believe and Listen with Carla Blaha. You can find Carla at CarlaBlaha.com. To increase your personal sixth sense, Carla's book, Get Our Vibe Back, is available on Amazon Kindle. Tune in next week for more things metaphysical. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.